What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brainy, on this rainy March 31st. It's Wednesday, last day of March, right before April. Um, really excited uh, because it is draft season. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, did a great episode, which was 100% Marvel uh, with my friend Brendan Engelstad, who's getting married this weekend. Uh, one of my better episodes. So if you're into Marvel, please check out episode 114. We covered a lot of what's to come, what has happened, some of our favorites. It's a good episode. But this episode, I'm I'm focusing strictly on the draft. There's been a lot with free agency. You know, the Browns did a lot. So I'm a big, big fan of what they did in free agency. And I feel like they only helped themselves. Um, there were a couple draft trades uh, with the draft less than a month away, that got really exciting. And, of course, uh, there's been pro days all week. So a lot has been happening, you know, shifting. Uh, the quarterback market is is berserk right now. So there's a lot to get to. So I'm going to jump into a mock draft that I did. And this mock draft, I focused on, you know, uh, I did a couple trades. I only did two rounds. I felt like I could have gone forever, but I wanted to control each team and see what they would what I would do if I was them. So that's kind of how I went about this mock draft. Not what I think is gonna happen, um, not what like you know should happen or what to expect. It's strictly what I would do if I was that team. So I offered trades as if I was one of the teams that was lower in the draft trying to trade up. And then I only accepted the trades if I, that team, wanted it. So, for example, uh, you know, the big trade last week was the Miami Dolphins moving down from 3 to 12 with San Francisco and then jumping back up with Philadelphia. So, you know, in this case, I would have to want to do the trade as San Francisco at 12, moving up to 3, and move down at as uh, the Dolphins. So, Feel like we did a really good job. 64 picks, uh, thanks to the Draft Network. For some reason, at, at some point, it auto-drafted three picks for me, but I fixed it. I, re- I corrected it. Uh, uh, but I think I did a really good job. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to get right into it, starting with the first pick, go all the way down to 64, and talk about what each team did and uh, what to get excited for. Okay, so here we go. All right, so with the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence. Not much to talk about here. There's plenty of other picks to talk about. I think Lawrence is as complete of a prospect as you could want. Uh, Jaguars in desperate need of anything, really. They've got a a good player in almost every room outside of quarterback, and this just it all points to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I know Urban Meyer, you know, and people want to make the Ohio State connection. Some people want to pump Zach Wilson up a little bit and say he's better. But to be honest, it's just Trevor Lawrence has a super high floor, very high ceiling. He could very easily be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this time next year. Uh, He's young, but he's very polished. He's been one of the best quarterback prospects ever since he was a junior in high school. This is a no-brainer. Trevor Lawrence, the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, now the fun. The fun starts at number two with the Jets. Um, Again, this is what I would do. You know, I actually think Sam Darnold's pretty good. I don't think the Jets need to move off of him uh, per se. Like, they could build around him. They could use two. They could trade down, get a couple picks, you know, maybe pick uh, Chase or Pitts to go around, uh, you know, Sam Darnold and to help him out a little bit. 
and you know stock up on draft picks. But I feel like you know if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm feeling a little heat right now, feeling like Darnold hasn't worked out, but. I am not really attached to Darnold. I'm attached to this number two pick because they had such a bad year last year. We thought we were going to get Trevor Lawrence. We won a couple games and got ourselves out of that. And there was a lot of disappointment. But there are other quarterbacks worth taking at the top of this draft. This is a this is a good quarterback class. This isn't just, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence and then, oh, everyone else. It's like, no, Trevor Lawrence happens to be great. But even if Lawrence wasn't in this class, this would still be a really good quarterback class. So with that being said, I'm going Zach Wilson uh, with this pick. I don't think it, it. It really depends on how you want to look at. It. Is he the second best quarterback? Possible. I have Justin Fields ahead of him, but for New York, I really like this because they're going to take a big swing, right? They're going to move Sam Darnold probably during this draft weekend, um, and if if they take Zach Wilson, so they take Zach Wilson, they'll move off of Sam Darnold. They're gonna want to give Wilson a couple pieces. They just invested in a left tackle last year that uh, you know I, uh, you know I really liked Makai Becton coming out of uh, Louisville, and if he stays on the field, he's really good. Um, so with Zach Wilson, you're gonna want to give him some weapons, and you can get that when you trade Darnold. But this is great because you know I hate to act on what the fan base wants. But this is going to, you know, pump up the fans a bit. This is going to take back New York in terms of football, you know, because of them versus the Giants. This would be a huge home run pick for them. Uh, while I myself might like Justin Fields a little bit better, I think Fields would, you know, would work on a team that's going to be winning right now. While as Wilson, the, the sky is the limit for him. And I think the Jets, you know, this, this just makes sense in a lot of ways. Like, it's a match made in possibly hell, but uh, also I think they're going to want to aim big at this pick. So why not with Zach Wilson? All right, number three. Uh, you had San Francisco. They moved up from 12 to 3 with Miami. Uh, Miami's going to you know come back into play a lot today, but <clears throat> excuse me. San Francisco moved up to 3. They probably wanted to go to two. That was another reason why I think Wilson's going to be the pick there. Not just what I would do, but, you know, think about it. San Francisco probably tried to move up to two so they can control everything. If they couldn't move up to two, uh, it's because, you know, the Jets are taking quarterback. So that's just another thing on Darnold. Um, but the Niners probably try to move up to two. Three is as high as they could go, knowing that, you know, the Falcons at four don't really know what they're doing, but they could be an option for a trade down. San Francisco got very aggressive. Uh, they didn't move up to secure one of their guys. They moved up to secure their guy. And I think that's Justin Fields. For me, it would be Justin Fields. San Francisco's got a really good roster. They're ready to win right now. And they move, made a move from Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, even though they're going to be keeping Garoppolo, this is basically a move off of him, knowing that, you know, you don't move up to three for a wide receiver. You know, you don't mortgage the future unless you're getting the future franchise quarterback. So, you know, it's a quarterback here and I, I'm not buying this Mac Jones hype. I think this is just a lot of smokescreen and, and, and Kyle Shanahan having fun because Mac Jones, to me, is just the best version of what you can get with Jimmy Garoppolo. And 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 just, like, basically Jimmy Garoppolo in prospect form. Like, very high, like, you know, with still a higher ceiling, but still a lower floor. So, like, if you want Jimmy Garoppolo, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Um, to me, this is either Fields or Lance. And a lot of people are saying Lance right now, but I think it's going to be Justin Fields. He showed in his 4-4 that he could do a whole lot. And I think in Shanahan's offense, uh, he's going to use Fields so well. And he's already got a couple good wide receivers there. He's got an all-pro tight end. Uh, you just shirt up your left tackle. This is, you want to get a quarterback who's going to help you win right now. Um, maybe Zach Wilson will be this pick if, you know, if I feel like you could flip Fields and Wilson and it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, because of Shanahan and, and this offense. But I think Fields is going to work out just fine there. And I don't expect to, uh, to see... Uh, Mac Jones at all. This is either Lance or Fields, and uh, it could very well be Lance. But for me, it's Fields. Uh, he's he's going to help them get back to the playoffs right away. I I think Justin Fields can be very successful in San Fran. All right, number four, uh, Atlanta. You know, if I'm them, I'm thinking quarterback. I'm thinking. Look, Matt Ryan. He's 35, 36 years old. He's going to be one of the older quarterbacks in the NFL when when week one hits next year. So you got to start thinking about the future. But with the first three going, you're saying, do I want Lance and do I want to just sit him behind Ryan? But Ryan's still playing really well. He's playing at a level that you kind of would expect, like, I'm expecting Brady-like performance from him. I, I don't think Ryan's going to be done in the next two years. I think he's got four ish years left in him that could change you know like like every quarterback before like manning breeze uh you get these guys that are great and then they just drop off at some point so that could happen but with them they've still got a really nice offense and wouldn't kyle pitts just make them like super competitive and i really think they would like a healthy matt ryan throwing to uh you know Julio and Calvin Ridley, you know, Calvin Ridley is probably their number one now that Julio uh, is having trouble staying on the field and is slowing down. He's over 30. Um, but Ridley has a number one, Julio has a number two. Um, they've always found ways to make their like third and fourth receivers pretty good too, whether it's just, like Zacchaeus or uh, you know, I, I, for, I forget the other guy too, but uh, I feel like they're always like doing well there. But Pitts, man, Pitts is going to be like their their top target next year if they if they land him. I just think this is just such a such a huge upside pick. Kyle Pitts is probably my favorite player in the draft. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. And Atlanta, if they want to take Matt Ryan and say, listen, we're going to use Matt Ryan for the rest of his career. We're not moving off of him right now. We're going to go make it happen. So, um, with, with Matt Ryan and they want to compete. They just saw, you know, in their own division, Carolina is getting aggressive. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl, and New Orleans—they are the winners of the division last year. So, like, where does that leave Atlanta, sitting last place in the in the NFC South, even though they've got a competitive wide receiver, quarterback? Like, they should be better than last place. So, and you know what? They were better than last place last year. They had a bunch of leads. They blew like four straight weeks. They had a big lead and blew it. So, um. You know, you're probably saying like, well, that means they should be drafting defense there here. Maybe you're right. Like they need help on defense, but I feel like Kyle Pitts just gives them such an, a crazy awesome weapon that I would never pass on him. Like it, 
I, I wouldn't pass him. So Atlanta's taking Kyle Pitts, and that's a real problem. He's the one player I wouldn't want to face twice a year is Kyle Pitts. Probably outside of Trevor Lawrence. But um, All right, number five, Cincinnati Bengals are up. Uh, you know, the Bengals are going to be in a tough spot. There's a chance four quarterbacks go before them, and they have their pick of the litter for, like, basically the number one overall pick again because they're not taking, you know, a quarterback back-to-back years. Um, Pitts makes it a little bit easier for them because if I was – if I, I'm as a Browns fan, I don't want to see Pitts on the Bengals. I feel like he's the one guy It's like, man – Burrow to Pitts will be a real big problem, and all of a sudden, Browns sweeping the Bengals every year doesn't feel like such a given. Uh, however, Pitts is gone, so as the Cincinnati Bengals GM, I'm going to do the one thing that I've been saying for a couple years now, and ever since I've been into the draft, it's like, look, number one thing when you're building a team is the quarterback. Number two thing when you're building a team is protecting that quarterback. Number three, getting to the other quarterback. Number four, helping out your own quarterback. And number five, stopping the weapons of the other quarterback. All right, it's a quarterback-driven league. So the Bengals, last year, Joe Burrow got sacked more than anybody before he got hurt. And he was getting hit hard, too. He was getting these blindside hits where it was like, you shouldn't even be playing him. Then he gets hurt, and you're like, shit, you don't have a franchise quarterback if you can't protect him. Like, that's as simple as it is. So, they go for Penay Suel. Uh, I still haven't figured out how to uh, pronounce his name right. I've heard a lot of people butcher it. But, to me, this is a no-brainer. Um, I know Pitts, it, like, you know, if he was here, it would make it a little bit tougher. Uh, this pick is between uh, Penay and Jamar Chase. Because I think Jamar Chase would be a lot of fun in Cincinnati as well. Like, you know, you have Burrow. Uh, Chase on the outside with T Higgins and you know would just be insane with Tyler Boyd in the slot. Uh, that would be that would be nuts. But it's so important to protect Burrow. And if you if if the the draft falls like it does here, Panay Sewell like th- it just makes way too much sense for me. Uh, so I'm going Panay here for Cincinnati, uh, and I'm sticking to the plan of draft the quarterback, protect the quarterback. All right, number six, Miami. They moved down from 3 to 12 and then back up from 12 to 6. It To me, that says they're either A, really still trying to take a swing at Deshaun Watson, or B, they have a player in mind at 6 that they really want. Okay, so I don't think it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones. I think they're like, look, if two is the guy, and he might be. They took him top 5 last year. They took him. They, they could have... They, they they could have taken Herbert. They didn't. They took they took Tua, and I don't think they would have taken him just because they didn't have a quarterback. They took him because they plan on him being very good. Now, he has a lot to show and a lot to prove. Right now, he's one of the top, like, he might be a top 30 quarterback in the league. He might not be, though. So if you want to find that out, give him everything you got. He's very athletic. He throws a really pretty pass. Um, but he has a lot of learning to do, but make it easier on him. Give him Jamar Chase, number one wide receiver in this class. You pair him up with Devontae Parker, with Will Fuller, a burner. Um, uh, you have Preston Williams as now your fourth wide receiver. Uh, This is a wide receiver core that they are going to be all over the field, and it's going to be really hard to, uh, to keep up with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and, and you know what? You'll also know. 
you'll know, is Tua the guy after Jamar Chase? And you still keep some draft uh, stuff. So if you want to make a swing at Deshaun Watson, you can still do it and keep Jamar Chase uh, if after the draft Deshaun Watson's still available. I don't really know what his deal is right now. So for me, I'm going to assume he's not getting traded. But And if the Dolphins aren't trading, uh, aren't going to get him, you got to give Tua every chance because you don't draft a quarterback top five only to not give him a chance. So Jamar Chase, he'll do that. He's a number one wide receiver in almost any class. He's nuts. And after watching the LSU Pro Day today, uh, it kind of sealed the deal for me. All right, so first trade of my own. All right, uh, so there have been, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Miami has been active already in real life. But for me, we're going to go with the first trade of the draft. Detroit's picking right now. And I look at Detroit. I'll get it. I'll get more into Detroit, you know, later because they'll, they will select today. But um, there is the seventh pick is in a really interesting spot because three quarterbacks are off the board. Eight and nine, Carolina and Denver could both go for a quarterback. So they could either wait and see if the quarterback falls to them or they can jump up and and switch with Washington, uh, with, um, excuse me, Detroit. Well, I just blew it. Um, anyway, so to me, Washington is that team because I look at them as they were able to make the playoffs with Alex Smith last year. They cut Alex Smith loose, but they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick says is probably going to be his last season. Tyler Henneke, he played okay in the playoffs, but come on, let's be real. Like It's not like he's going to be a resurgence and be a franchise quarterback. He's already like 29 years old, so it's not like that's the future. So I'm looking at that position group, and I'm looking at Washington, who already has a really awesome front in their defense. Um, they just added some some wide receivers to help out the quarterback. I'm really liking where their team is going. The one thing that's missing is a young franchise quarterback. They move up. They give up their um, the number 19 overall pick and their first rounder next year. It's a steep price to move up 12 spots, but they go up and they get Trey Lance. Um, and then I, I really like this. I, I think Trey Lance, you know, you're looking, if you're Ron Rivera, you're looking at Trey Lance and you're like, wow, I made Cam, New Cam Newton, you didn't make Cam Newton work, but him and Cam Newton were such a great combo for a long time in Carolina. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he can hold down the fort. He knows what it's like to have a rookie quarterback sitting behind him, the young guy there. Uh, but for now, he can help them compete. And Trey Lance is their quarterback of the future. Um, they give up a pick, you know, this is kind of to correct the Dwayne Haskins mistake, but Trey Lance, he's ready to play right now. If the, if called upon, you know, I called him raw in a couple podcasts ago and it's true. He has a lot of raw potential. He has a raw like package uh, of a quarterback, but he does a lot. He called out, uh, defenses as a quarterback. He, he was calling out the offensive lines jobs basically for them, like telling them what to do. This is a very smart quarterback. He's really, he's the youngest one in this class. He'll be 21 for most of this season. And, uh, he just, I feel like he's also another one. The sky's the limit. He is on that same tier as fields and, uh, and Wilson. So Washington, I think we'll see that. I think they're going to move up and they're saying, listen, um, we're going to surround him with a good veteran quarterback, 
uh, good receivers. You know, they get Curtis Samuel, who is a really nice gadget player. They get, um, you know, they already have uh, Terry McLaurin, who is is a very, very good wide receiver. Um, their tight end, who used to be the quarterback for Virginia Tech. Oh, my gosh, his name is slipping my mind right now. But, you know, he had a really nice year last year as, like, you know, finally like a breakout for him as a tight end. So I think, like, Washington, they're doing a really good job of following up their division championship last year. They move up to seven. It costs them their first rounder next year. But if they plan on making the playoffs again, that's not really going to be a high pick. So Trey Lance, I think, is worth that haul. All right, we got another trade because Carolina, they just saw the last quarterback go. And guess what? Mac Jones is not in that same class of those top four guys. So four guys go. They have their best, their pick of the litter right now. And it's like, what do you do if you're Carolina, right? They need a quarterback, but I don't think a quarterback is there. So they're calling around. They're scrambling a little bit because they missed out on Trey Lance. And a lot of people will say, well, they didn't miss out. They didn't want a quarterback. But I feel like they did. They they were aggressive this offseason trying to make a play for other quarterbacks, and it didn't work out. Uh, they're in the Watson sweepstakes. Uh, I believe the Matt Stafford ones. So, like, I bet they want a quarterback. So this is where they're going to take their opportunity. They're going to trade down with the New York Jets. The Jets have the 23rd pick in the draft. And they're thinking, we just got Zach Wilson. So what do you do with Zach Wilson? When you get a franchise quarterback, you protect him and you give him weapons. And they see Jalen Waddle sitting there at eight. And they're like, this is perfect. Carolina doesn't know what to do with the eighth pick. So we're going to make it easy for them. We'll give them, we'll swap 23 for eight. And we will also swap 86 for 73. Okay, so moving up 13 spots, 15 spots, and then additionally, pick 146 is going to go to the Panthers. Panthers want more picks in this draft, right? That's their whole thing is they're like, we need more picks and a quarterback, (coughs) but the creme de la creme, they're getting Sam Darnold as well. So in this deal, the Jets trade Sam Darnold and a fifth round pick but they move up from pick 86 to 73 and they move from pick 23 to eight. And you're saying, is Sam Darnold worth that? It's basically the equivalent of a third round pick. Uh, I think the Jets say, you know what? Absolutely worth it because now we have decided on Zach Wilson. We have decided he's our franchise quarterback. It's time to go make it happen. And it's time to give him everything he needs. Jalen Waddle is a true number one wide receiver. He is a great wide receiver prospect. Uh, if not for Jamar Chase, he would be a clear number one wide receiver prospect in this class. But I think Chase pretty much solidified that. We're going to assume his, you know, he's healthy and everything because he wasn't at the pro day. And we'll just assume that everything's fine with him there. But. Man, this is just such a great haul for the Jets because it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg to move up from 23 to 8. It costs them a 5, Sam Darnold, and a little bit of maneuvering. So I think this is a home run for Joe Douglas. I think Carolina does this because, you know what, they were out on the quarterback sweepstakes, but now they get an additional pick and Sam Darnold just for moving down a little bit. And I didn't really know who they were going to take at 8 anyway. So for me... Big time, big time win for both sides. I think it's an A plus for the Jets. I think it's um, an A minus for uh, Carolina, depending on how much they actually like 
Sam Darnold and uh, if Matt Rule really is like all in on him. But uh, I'm a big fan of this move. This also puts the Jets in a really nice spot with recently acquired Corey Davis, who is going to be a little bit overpaid, but now his expectations shift because he'll be the number two wide receiver. Um, Denzel Mims, their rookie last year that they had high, uh, really high expectations for, now not as high of expectations because he'll be their like first wide receiver off the bench. Um, I just think it's a really solid move all around. If you're going to give Zach Wilson everything you've got, now you have a franchise wide receiver, quarterback, and left tackle. Like that, that's exactly how you're supposed to do it if you're the Jets. <clears throat> All right. So now that Darnold has been dealt, Carolina moves down. Um, Jalen Waddle's gone. Denver Broncos are picking at nine. Um, I'm not sure what they want to do because I bet they fell in love with Caleb Farley, but now they're a little hurt. Uh, or they're not a little hurt. Uh, they're a little worried because of his injury history. And they're saying, okay, we could go Patrick Sertain. We could we could do a lot of things here. But right now, uh, quarterback is the issue with Denver, right? Like they want, excuse me. Um, yeah, Denver Broncos, they're like, shoot, we missed out on the quarterback market. Because if I'm, if I'm them, I'm not looking at Mac Jones as the savior. I'm looking at him and saying, I don't I don't know. I mean, that seems like I might as well roll with Drew Locke at this point. Uh, I don't think he's that big of an up. I think Mac Jones is worth a second round pick, you know, so I'm not a big fan. But everything else on the offense is working. So if I'm just going to put Mac Jones into that offense, I don't think it's worth the ninth pick. So to me, Denver should be looking at next year's quarterback class and think, okay, um, we can restock a little bit, pick up an extra pick, kind of, uh, you know, like like add more to the war chest a little bit and possibly get a defender later in the draft. I think this is a really good corner draft. You don't need to take one at nine when I think someone in the 20s and 30s can be just as good. So Denver's going to move back and they're going to be looking around and they're going to say, who is interested? And fortunately, Indianapolis gives them a call. The Colts, I think, are very close. I think they're very, very close to competing for a Super Bowl. They made the playoffs last year with Phillip Rivers being like the 20th or 23rd best quarterback in the NFL. They made their upgrade by trading for Carson Wentz. They aren't a team that needs a ton of draft picks. They aren't a team that needs a lot of rookies because they are competing right now. They don't have time for seven, eight, nine rookies on their on their roster. So they're going to make a move. They trade pick number 21 and their second round pick number 54, as well as a 2022 fourth rounder. Okay, so a a two this year and a four next year to move up 12 spots from 21 to nine. And they're going to take Devonta Smith from Alabama. And you're going to think like, wow, I didn't see Indy taking a wide receiver in round one, right? They've made it work with their wide receivers that they've had, right? Zach Pascal's pretty good. Michael Pittman last year as a rookie, um, you know, he showed some flashes. Um, you have the Ohio State wide receiver. I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking on so many names right now. Um, but, and then not to mention, you know, they did bring back T.Y. Hilton. So, you have a lot of different, you have receivers that make it work, but T.Y. Hilton is 
you know, he's up there in age and he's strictly like speed guy. And you really don't want to be relying on, you know, 30 year old speed guys. Go out there and get a guy that can really separate and really make a difference. Devonta Smith is a is one of the best home run threats in this draft and will be one of the best home run threats in the NFL once he's at home. So if Indianapolis really wants to make life easy on Carson Wentz, they're going to move up. And you're going to think they're still needed an offensive lineman, but I see a, a couple tackles out there in free agency, and I see the Colts with still $25 million in cap space. I think, you know what, you can go sign Mitchell Schwartz, or you could go pick a, one of these tackles in the second, or, well, they're not going to be able to do it now, but um, one of these, like, off maybe a, a guard, and you can move Quentin Nelson a left tackle. I know Quentin Nelson it can do it. So that's not the issue. But I'm more so looking for Eric Fisher at left tackle. I think, you know, he was cut by the Chiefs. He still can do it at left tackle. I think you go out, you give him $10 million on a one-year deal and say, Eric, we are competing for a Super Bowl. You are competing to show that you're a top-tier free agent left tackle. Uh, let's make this work. They still keep their cap space. And Devonta Smith boom, like this just really gives them that field-stretching wide receiver. He's going to make the running game better because he's always a threat. And uh, Carson Wentz, hey, you know what? You can't overthrow this guy. So uh, costs a two and a future four. Uh, Denver, they moved down to 21, and uh, and I, I think they're happy with that. All right, so another thing. Okay, so let's move on to the 10th overall pick. Now, this is starts my string of NFC East teams, right? Okay, so Washington just moved up for Trey Lance. Uh, Dallas, I think this works out well for them. They need a cornerback so badly. Like, even with the free agency moves that they've made, they still don't have a number one corner. I think Patrick Sertain Jr. drops into their lap per perfectly. Uh, if I'm the GM, I still need to... Make Jerry Jones happy. Uh, I think this will. He's a number one corner. And it, I, I think this is just simple. This is It's not as simple as drafting Trevor Lawrence, number one. But it's pretty easy because you have a very glaring need. You don't need things on offense. Like their offense is very, very complete when it's healthy. Um, you could use some O-line help. But right here, I think, you, you know, you're going to look at you want to get back to the playoffs and not only just make the playoffs, but compete with these playoff teams, with these good quarterbacks, and you're going to need corners that can compete. You don't want to just win the NFC East. Winning the NFC East isn't really that impressive. So you want to compete with those playoff teams, and Patrick Sertain is going to help you a lot there. All right, so the New York Giants are picking 11th. This is somewhat of an unlucky pull for them because I thought the Giants would be able to get either Waddle, Smith, Chase, or Pitts. Uh, especially when you tell me four quarterbacks went top seven, that one of those guys would be there. Um, that's not the case. Only one defender has been taken at this point, so that kind of made the run on offense, uh, you know, and that's why the Giants are where they're at. But I look at the Giants. They have invested high in Daniel Jones, number six overall. They invested a number two overall pick in Saquon Barkley. And I don't really know what they're going to do with him if they're going to give him a long-term contract, but they can compete. You know, they just, James Bradbury, good cornerback. They brought in Adore Jackson, who's also another good corner. Um, they just made life easier by bringing Kenny Galladay in for Daniel Jones. And I don't think Kyle Rudolph is, like, 
got that much left to offer, but it shows that they're committed to, to Daniel Jones. So why not really go all in? All right, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, Northwestern. He can play all five spots on the line. And what do the Giants need? Help all over the line. That's what they need. They don't know. Like, Andrew Thomas is a left tackle. Just give him time. It's going to work. But Rashawn Slater, maybe he's your right tackle. Maybe he's a guard. Maybe he's your center. Like, you don't know where you're bad at right now because everybody's kind of bad. However, I think Slater, you try him out at right tackle. If it doesn't work out, you move him in, no problem. Or if you have a glaring hole at, at guard and you're happy with Pert, or who's the Patriot tackle that they signed a couple years ago? Again, the name blanks are killing me today. But um, like this way, you kind of give yourself some flexibility, and you give yourself like the honesty of, hey, we picked Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. You really got to give them an offensive line, because because one day you're gonna wonder like, wow, only if they had an offensive line, maybe we could have seen how really good this team could be. So uh, it's not a sixty pick. But Slater really helps the Giants in a lot of ways. All right, we got another trade. The Philadelphia Eagles, the fourth NFC East team to draft, um, they too missed out on the you know receivers and Kyle Pitts, basically the top three guys in Kyle Pitts. Um, they are not going anywhere. The Eagles, I think, are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL next year. They missed out on the quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is their guy after they shipped off Carson Wentz. So. What do you do? I mean, do you just draft the next uh, like wide receiver here? Do you you have a very old roster? They're making a lot of money. You're gonna have a lot of turnover in the next year or two. You're gonna see guys like Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson and all of these guys that were part of the Super Bowl run. They're gonna be gone soon. So I think the big thing for the Eagles is a trade down. Uh, they're open for business. I think they know they're open for business before the draft even starts. They need to go after a team that's a little desperate, that needs to make a move because they're all in, because they're a, com- a contender. The Eagles aren't a contender right now, but the Baltimore Ravens are. Now, the Ravens are drafting 27th right now, and after the pro days, I don't think anyone thinks Terrace Marshall or Rashad Bateman are going to make it to 27. So I, th- I have a big trade happening here. Uh Philadelphia gives up the 12th pick the one, and then two sixes, 189 and 224. They get back the 27th pick, the 58th pick, so Baltimore's second rounder, and then they move up in both of those six, in, with both those six rounds to move 171 and 210. All right, so with those picks, the Eagles, they get to move up in two different draft slots and uh, they pick up a second round pick and they still get their first rounder, 27th. Uh, the Ravens do this because, listen, the Ravens are only losing that second round pick. They're moving down um, twice and they're okay with that because the Ravens know. They're like, listen, we're really good at drafting. We can find our guys later. But right now, they need a number one wide receiver. And as much as, okay, so I hate the Ravens, but right now I am the Ravens. All right, I got to talk as the Ravens. They are not doing uh, Lamar Jackson any favors by just making his wide receivers Sammy Watkins. Like, Sammy Watkins has some drop problems, uh, health problems. 
And you're not going to compete for a Super Bowl unless you really fix yourself there. You have a good running game. You constantly are upgrading your offensive line. There, you know, they lost Marshall Yonda a year ago to retirement, and now guess what? Kevin Zeitler is in there. And since he was cut, he doesn't hurt your precious um, comp picks that you love to get every other year. So you got to make a move because staying at twenty-seven, you're you might not even get Elijah Moore. Like you, you'll be lucky if Bateman or Marshall is there at this point. I think those guys are both going to get moved up for. And Baltimore says, "Listen, if we want to go get Bateman, it'll have to be in the teen area. We're going to have to give up a two or a three. We might as well go sh- secure it." Um, I think this is a really good trade for Baltimore. They go get the Bateman, and uh, he's their true number one wide receiver. Uh, he can do it all. He reminds me a little bit of Odell Beckham in some ways. Of that, he makes crazy catches. He gets some really awesome separation at times, but he makes contest contested catches as well. Bateman makes a lot of sense for Baltimore, and as a Browns fan, I hate it. I I hate to see Baltimore actually give Lamar Jackson like a true number one wide receiver. So you know it's a good pick if me the Browns fan hates it. Uh, and then the Eagles, they need. A lot of picks in this draft, and so what they do is they add a they add a second, and then move up in two of their later picks to make them a little bit higher. I think this is a no brainer for uh, the Eagles. All right, so back to the draft. Um, okay, the thirteenth pick, Los Angeles Chargers. I think it's pretty simple for them. It comes down to either Christian Darrisaw, the Virginia Tech offensive tackle. Or Elijah Vera Tucker, the USC interior lineman. He played left tackle last year for USC, but I think his best spot is going to be left guard. Um, the Chargers, they could use really just, they, they knew, hey, they've got a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. He's going to be great for them for a long time. Uh, time to protect them. This is what I do. I, I feel like once you draft the quarterback, you protect them. So uh, to me, it comes down to one of those guys. They have a couple good receivers already. Um, I'm going with Vera Tucker. I, I do like the LA uh, connection a little bit. Uh, that's like a little, I'm a little sweet on that. But I think Vera Tucker also allows a little more flexibility as a guy that can move inside uh, based on whether they need left guard or if they, if they need him to actually play for left tackle, he might be able to be a long-term left tackle, but he can play left guard right now. And I think he just really helps them. Uh, I don't think they could go wrong here between Vera Tucker and Darisaw. Okay, so I got another trade coming up. Um, number 14, I have the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't really know what I want to do as the Vikings, right? Like, they, I look at them as, like, they're kind of lost. They're, they're going downhill right now. So I'm thinking... They need to kind of just like reset themselves a little bit. Uh, there's there's a bunch of guys they could take at 14. So I'm like, you know what? Let's see if we can move down a little bit, see if anyone's calling. And I'm Miami. Miami is drafting 18th. They already got um, Jabbar Chase for Tua. Why not go get Christian Derrissaw? And all it's going to cost you is a draft swap. 14 to move up to 14 from 18. All it's going to cost is moving down from 50 to 78, all right, a 2 to a 3. So 
to me, I'm not. Uh, I'm okay with that because I think the day two picks. There's a lot of good ones. Miami doesn't have a ton of picks this year, but uh, this doesn't cost them any picks. It just m- means they move down a little bit. And Miami or uh, Minnesota, they moved down because they weren't sure who they're going to take. But in you know, they get to move up from 78 to 50. So now their day two is looking a little bit better. I'm okay with that for Minnesota, but Miami. You could have sat there at 18 and taken a running back, but I think running backs grow on trees. You can get a running back later. Go get Christian Darisaw. He is going to be a great bookend tackle because uh, I think Robert Hunt should be moved inside. And you have Darisaw and you have um, who was the USC t- tackle they took last year. Again, with the names today. Jeez, Jake. But this way you give yourself two young tackles to go with. Tua, he has a franchise wide receiver now. Uh, I I love this for Miami. Go all in, right? Go all in, and even if even if Tua's not your guy, you still have picks next year to make a move for Deshaun Watson. All right, so it, it, it can it can still happen the Deshaun trade. All right, so um, Darisaw, Miami trades up for. I really like that, and then at fifteen, falling right into New England's laps is Mac Jones. All right now, listen. I don't like Mac Jones that much. However, I've got Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick has Cam Newton, and he made that work in year one. Um, And I don't think Cam Newton's a long-term quarterback. Obviously, he's already in his 30s. He gets hit more than anybody in the world. And they're stringing him around. Like, they're not really that interested in him. And Jimmy Garoppolo's out there as a possible trade target, but I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, if I want, if I'm going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, I might as well take a quarterback that can be Jimmy Garoppolo, but better. And if I know what I had in Garoppolo, I know what I have in Mac Jones. Uh, Belichick and Saban are buddies. I'm sure he knows all the good things about Mac Jones. Um, he's going to make, you know, an offense that works for Mac Jones. We just saw that, you know, in his one year after Tom Brady, he basically made an offense that worked with Cam Newton. They could have been a playoff team. They just fell apart at the wrong times. But I think Mac Jones, I don't like him that much. But here for New England, who, I mean, you've got Cam Newton, Jared Stim, and Dolagala. Like, none of these guys could be in the NFL in a year. So give yourself Mac Jones. Um, it's a, I think it's a little bit of a reach, but... New England just spent so much in free agency at like on defense, on offense. It was it was really all over the place and they gave themselves Cam Newton for one more year, but I think Mac Jones under Belichick's tutelage could be the quarterback that he can shape and to be his next guy for the foreseeable future. So, I'm okay with New England taking Mac Jones here cuz I I believe in Belichick. All right, number 16, Arizona. Um this comes down to two different players for me, either Najee Harris, the running back out of Arizona, or J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina. Um, as much as people want to make this the Najee Harris pick, it's not. That's that's not going to work for me. Uh, we're going to go J.C. Horn. You just locked Patrick Peterson. Um, your, your division is filled with quarterbacks that now that Justin Fields is there, now that Matthew Stafford's is there, and, and Russell Wilson hasn't gone anywhere, you need to be able to slow down these cornerback uh, quarterbacks. You have two good pass rushers in J.J. Watt um, when he just joined, uh, replacing 
Hassan Reddick. So um, you don't need to go edge rusher here because uh, you have Watt and Chandler Jones. And I think J.C. Horn is he's one of my favorite players in this draft. I think he's a true lockdown number one corner. I think he's actually the cornerback one in this draft, uh, even ahead of Patrick Sertain. Um, so this makes a lot of sense for me. It, it, not not much to think about. As much as Arizona fans will want a running back to complete that offense, uh, I'm cool with this being Horn. Uh, th- that helps the team the most. All right, 17, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know what the Raiders are doing. I'm pretty pissed. All right, I was hired today to be the Raiders GM. They cut or, or they cut and then traded three of their offensive linemen. Right, uh, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown, all gone. Right, because they just gave up on them for some reason. Uh, and then it turns out the reason was they wanted to give Colton Miller a three year extension. I'm thinking, oh my god, what is this team doing? Like Colton Miller, he he's okay, yeah, I guess, but. Now the offensive line is leaking, and you're stuck with Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. And Derek Carr, apparently you're telling him, hey, um, we want you to learn how to play like your brother did. No offensive line. So I got to stop that. As much as the defense has so many question marks, I got to go offensive line here. Tevin Jenkins uh, from Oklahoma State. I think he could be a nice bookend right tackle. He might not even be ready to play right away, but we need to plug up this offensive line because how are we going to compete in this division if we can't even protect our quarterback right now? Um, And I like Derek Carr. I don't love Derek Carr, but I like him. Uh, To me, this team, like you got offensive weapons. You have a really good running back stable. You have one of the best tight ends in the NFL. You just invested a lot at wide receiver. So, Clearly, like you don't need to help out your quarterback's weapons. You need to protect them. So we're going Tevin Jenkins, and later we'll deal with defense. All right, number 18, Minnesota moves down four spots. They're pretty happy because uh, they still have a chance to take the first edge of the draft, and I don't think there's any reason to trade down anymore. They'll take Aziz Ojulari from Georgia uh, at one point, he was my fifth best edge. Now, he's teetering on edge number one for me because, well, first of all, I don't think there's a huge standout in this class. I think there's five to six pretty good ones. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I think there is a, I mean, I think this is like a full of day two guys, but Ojulari is a freak. And I think Minnesota has always known that, listen, we like their identity is they get after the quarterback, you know, their identity is we're not as good as the Packers, but we have defensive ends. Uh, so I like Aziz Ojolari here. He is an athletic freak. Line him up next to Danielle Hunter, who I don't think they're going to deal. I think if he was gone, he would have been traded already. Um, but they've always found a way to have two ends, whether it was like Everson Griffin and Danielle Hunter, or before Hunter, it was Jared Allen was here. They, they found a way to replace the one that they had just lost. Um, they had Yannick Ngakwe for like, it felt like a week, but, uh, Ojolari on a five-year deal, uh, I think they'll be really happy with him. Uh, this also kicks off my run of NFC North teams. And it's kind of funny because I feel like all three NFC North teams drafting here, 
Vikings at 18, Lions at 19, and Bears at 20 have completely different philosophies on how to compete in the division, right? So Minnesota got a defensive end that's going to get after uh, Aaron Rodgers, all right? That's what they know how to do. So they're going to get Aziz Ojulari. Number 19, Detroit. Look, we already did good by the new front office by getting a first-round pick next year, right? We traded down with Washington, who wanted to go for a quarterback, and we said, you know what, we have, uh, I look at Detroit as, they are Carolina of last year. New head coach, uh, new front office, you have a the franchise quarterback, the best quarterback in franchise history uh, for Carolina's Cam Newton, for Detroit, it's Matthew Stafford, is gone. Right? They he just left it unceremoniously. It, it kind of sucked. It it is what it is. Um, the team is bleeding. You don't really know what to do. I look at Detroit as I'm saying, you know what? We're we're gonna get a stop back stopgap quarterback in Jared Goff, similar to what Carolina did with Teddy Bridgewater. And we're not gonna worry about quarterback right now. We're gonna build our identity, and by getting the extra first for next year. Um, also, Washington's first, so it could actually end up being good if Washington stumbles a little bit. And Detroit's going to be bad, so they'll have two possibly high first-round picks. That's where they get their quarterback of the future, is next year. Now, though, we're going to draft what Dan Campbell wants, and he wants guys that are going to eat kneecaps. Uh, take that for what you will, but to me, that sounds like Michael Parsons. Uh not even joking about the off-field stuff, but Parsons is a, like, son of a bitch. And I think he's going to build the identity that Campbell wants on that defense. I think uh, we're going to load up on defense in this draft because even though Jared Goff could use a number one wide receiver and, you know, uh, like maybe a you know better offensive line, right now we're not concerned about that. We got to build, like, our identity. And Micah Parsons... He is going to do exactly that. He is an every-down linebacker. He could have gone top 10 even before some of the off-the-field concerns, even though linebackers never really go that high. But Micah Parsons, he is that dude. So uh, at 19, I think this is a nice pick for Detroit. They get the guy that Dan Campbell probably wanted in the top 10, um, but they get him a little bit cheaper, and they get a first-round pick next year for him. Uh, So I like it. All right, number 20, the final team that's chasing Green Bay, uh, the Chicago Bears. Oh, the Bears. Like, this is tough. This this is tough to watch sometimes because they they let Mitch Trubisky go because obviously he didn't work out for them. And now it's like, okay, we, we're bringing in Andy Dalton. And it's it's tough to watch. But the Bears, if I'm, if I'm heading them, I'm saying, look, we're going to take a page out of kind of what Detroit just did. And we're going to push till next year. Uh, Arizona called. They want Najee Harris. So they're going to move up to take him. And they're giving up their first and fourth round picks next year. So Arizona's going all in. <coughs> Excuse me. Arizona's looking at this year as saying, look, we got J.J. Watt. We got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is just about the end of his career. A.J. Green is coming here on a one-year deal. Chandler Jones has got one year left on his contract. There are a lot, This is kind of like it's now or never for Arizona, which is a really difficult place to be in um, because it's very risky, especially since they weren't even a playoff team this past year. To be in the now or never sweepstakes is a bad place to be, but that's where they are. So we might as well make the best of it. 
Let's draft Najee Harris. We're giving up our first rounder next year. It's not going to be very high because we're going to be a playoff team. You can count on that. Um, getting Najee Harris, he's going to make life easy on Kyler Murray. Um, he's he's a very he's a good rounded back. He's not like a you know a Saquon Barkley. He's not even a Nick Chubb, but he's going to give us something that's a big step up from Kenyon Drake. And he's here for five years on a rookie deal. Um, I only like taking first-round running backs if you're a team that can afford to do it. And after the Arizona Cardinals already got J.C. Horn, they've made a lot of improvements to their defense. Um, On offense, they are very complete at wide receiver, and they kind of just need a running back to lean on. And I really think they're going to give Najee Harris the ball a lot, and he is going to make life easy on... uh, Kyler Murray, and they're going to make that five years worth it. So uh, they give up their f- first and fourth of next year. They pick up a sixth round pick this year from the Bears. Uh, the Bears, though, they're basically punting. They're saying there is no quarterback worth taking here. We're going to go uh, and just say, you know what? Fuck it. Next year, we're going after our quarterback. Um, this year, this ain't our year, though. And I know that's a crazy thing to admit to your fans. But I think uh, it's good to know that the Bears are just not even close to competing for the North. So why fight it? All right. Um, 21, Denver Broncos. They traded down with Indianapolis. Uh, A guy they would have taken at 9 is here at 21, Caleb Farley. I I said it before. I bet they were really in love with him, but they were scared of his injury. So now they're forced to kind of, like, you know, go in a different direction. But they pick up... um, an extra pick that what they got a second round pick for going down this far um, for next year. That really helps them in the quarterback search of next year and they can still draft Caleb Farley. It's a bit of a risk, but now they could justify it by getting that extra first round or that extra second round pick. Uh, so they're going to take Caleb Farley. If he's healthy, huge pick for Vic Fangio to really help that defensive secondary. Uh, it is very important with Justin Herbert in your division with Patrick Mahomes in your division uh, with John Gruden in your division, uh, it is very important to have cornerbacks that can cover. And I think Caleb Farley, uh, if he's healthy, he'll be really great. All right, Tennessee Twi- Titans, number 22. Uh, wow, a lot of T's there. Uh, their defense was super bad last year, super stinky. Um, they couldn't cover a lick of anybody. And it's not too far ago, you know, uh, we're not too far removed from them having a trio of good corners. But that ship has sailed. Uh, you know, they're, you know, Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler are gone this offseason, and they've got nothing at the position right now. So how about we go get Greg Newsom from Northwestern, right? He, for some reason, there's this stigma that, like, Big Ten corners aren't fast. For some reason, people always assume that. But Greg, Greg Newsom can fly. Dude is fast. He is physical, he is smart, he is a willing tackler, and I think he's everything that Mike Vrabel's going to want in a corner. He fills out their biggest need, and he's one of the best players available. I think this is a pretty easy, uh, pretty easy pick for me in the Tennessee Titans. Greg Newsom, Northwestern. All right, now, now things are getting fun again. All right, 23, I have another trade. We're just talking about the NFC North, right? We're just talking about what teams need to do to catch Green Bay. Green Bay is not worried about teams catching them. They're worried about competing for a Super Bowl, right? They've got Aaron Rodgers. They've gotten year after year being criticized of not giving him enough weapons, right? Carolina 
they're doing this weird trade down thing right now that the Browns did in 2009 um, that they're at 23. They're like, we don't know really what, know what we want to do. We just got Sam Darnold, but we want to accumulate more picks. So they're going to trade down from 23 to 29. They're picking up a fourth rounder in the process. We pick 135 and the Packers are going up to get Terrace Marshall jr. Um, I said it before. I said that the Ravens were going to have to move up if they wanted Bateman or Marshall. Well, Marshall's gone at 23. Bateman, they had to move up for to get at 12. I think I, Marshall's a stud. Like, d- dude is a is a, is a a possible number one wide receiver. And now he'll be your number two uh, next to Devontae Adams. I mean, that's just, that is awesome. And I know the Packers have some needs. But they brought back Aaron Jones because they felt like, hey, we can figure out those needs. Maybe they do exactly what I told Indianapolis to do and say, hey, go get Eric Fisher on a one-year deal. Or uh, I think they should get Mitchell Schwartz. They can slide him right in at right tackle. And Mitchell Schwartz, I think, will want to win. He's been paid a lot. He's got a Super Bowl. Go get another Super Bowl with the Packers and play with Aaron Rodgers. You can say you played with Rodgers and Pat Mahomes and Brandon Whedon, three of the best quarterbacks of all time. So if you're Mitchell Schwartz, that's what I'm doing. Go and sign with Green Bay. You solve your tackle situation on a one-year deal, and go get Terrace Marshall Jr. Finally do right by your quarterback, and don't waste all of Aaron Rodgers' career with only one Super Bowl win. The greatest quarterback that's ever played deserves more than one Super Bowl. And you saw what they did with Tom Brady. They gave him a ton of weapons. You know this. You see what they did with Pat Mahomes the year before. He has a ton of weapons. You know Aaron Rodgers has been making it happen without a ton of weapons. But if he has that Aaron Jones in the backfield, if he has... Devontae Adams and Terrace Marshall on the outside, it's going to be really hard to cover this team. And uh, and now it takes the pressure off of those you know number three, number four wide receivers. They become super fun as backup wide receivers, like Alan Lazard and uh, you know and and Robert Tanyan as like you know your fifth and sixth options. Now we're talking with Aaron Rodgers. He'll make it rain, but you need to give him a real legit wide receiver two and Terrace Marshall Jr. He's, he's it. He's that guy. All right. So they moved up. They got their guy. They jumped right in front of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who are in a really tough spot, right? As a Browns fan, I love seeing this from Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Ben, Ben Roethlisberger's contract is hurting the team. They like had to get rid of a bunch of defensive players just to bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, who's their slot receiver. Like, I think Juju's good, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think it's worth the trouble of losing your defensive players. Um, However, the Steelers find ways to draft defense in the mid-rounds and always make these guys work out. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm not worried about that. Um, What I am worried about is we don't have a running back that I can trust. And I want a running back that's not James Conner that's just going to, like, basically, you know, take up some room in the backfield. I want one that's going to make tough, uh, make things tough on the opposing defenses. Someone that's going to help us uh, stretch the field against Baltimore and Cleveland and really, like, you know, get after it. I think Travis Etienne is a really nice pick for the Steelers here at 24. Um 
you know, just like, you know, the Arizona's doing, I only like when good teams draft running backs. Pittsburgh's still a good team, right? They're no way going to get the quarterback of the future at 24. And it's not even worth it to trade down and require assets because they're still going to be good enough next year that they're not going to be drafting in the top 10. So it doesn't make much sense to try and get a war chest. It makes more sense to say, listen, we're going to surround whoever the quarterback is, maybe a free agent ad next year. Uh, with a franchise running back and a couple franchise wide receivers that they already have in Claypool, Deontay Johnson, maybe Juju comes back for another year. But ETN's going to really help them, and he can carry the load, and he's also a really good receiver out of the backfield. So if Pittsburgh wants to finally, um, like, you know, take their uh, running back position to another level, I think ETN will do that. Um, and people forget, they still won the division last year. They won 11 games. Uh, it just ended so poorly at the end of the season. But ETN is going to help them get back to that 11-win threshold. All right, Jacksonville is at 25. I was considering moving up a couple times for Jacksonville. Uh, seeing Bateman and Terrace Marshall go kind of hurt. But Urban Meyer, it's like he built Kadarius Tony in a lab, right? You know, Kadarius Tony seems like that perfect... Urban Meyer flyer kind of, you know, Percy Harvin, uh, basically every wide receiver has come through at uh, Ohio State. Um, so this makes sense to me. Uh, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you're pretty pumped because you're going to a team. They already have their offensive line fully intact from last year. They You have good receivers in LaVishka Chenault, um, uh, DJ Chark, uh, and uh, a running back, James Robinson, he's pretty good too. Kadarius Tony, he's that gadget guy that's gonna really, you know, between him and Chenault, like you're gonna find a lot of things to do. And uh, if Urban Meyer is worth his paycheck, um, this Jacksonville Jaguars offense gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, adding Tony just makes life easier on on Trevor Lawrence, which I think is a good idea. All right, number twenty six, the Cleveland Browns are drafting. Um, if anyone's been listening to my podcast or following my Twitter feed, they know at 26, I want the Browns to trade down because I think the meat of this draft is in the second and third round on day two. Uh, however, I'm not trading down that far because, number one, uh, the draft is in Cleveland. It would be a lot of fun to have the 32nd pick, the last pick of night one. So uh, we called up Tampa Bay. I wanted to see if they're interested in moving up. And fortunately, Tampa Bay is. And it didn't uh, cost them a whole lot, but it gave the Browns what they wanted to. So um, Tampa gets 26, 89, and 169. And the Browns get 32, 64, 95, and 137. Basically, um, the Browns are moving down twice, but they're picking up the second round pick. Or they're moving down three times, but they're moving. Uh, uh, they're picking up a second round pick in the process, which I'm a big fan of this move for the Browns. So uh, they'll have pick number 95 and 137 on day three, in a company with pick 91 that they already have. Um, you know, so I'm I'm pretty pumped about that haul for the Browns. They want to have those mid-round picks, but they don't need a ton. They're gonna we'll have more moves with the Browns. So just you know, give me a second there. Um, however, Tampa Bay moves up because they see Jalen Phillips out of Miami and they like him a lot. Um, they want to give Shaq Barrett like a bookend running mate at D end. JPP, he's not long for the Bucks, so give them this long-term option. 
He was one of the top high school prospects in the country. Health reasons have stopped, have made him basically, you know, a shell of himself, but he, he still has a chance to be a fully, you know, his 100%, you know, it's not like he has like a ton of injuries that are, you know, going to cost him similar to Porter Gustin, but you know, he's had a rough uh, career in college, but he's still a top notch DN prospect. Uh, if Tampa Bay is going to run it back, they don't need a whole lot on offense. But get, getting another edge rusher to get after the quarterbacks, uh, if they want to run it back, I think that's the best way to do it. They're going to need to keep on going there. So Jalen Phillips from Miami, uh, I, I like that pick a lot for Tampa. All right, 27. The Eagles are finally up. Uh, they moved down from all the way from 12 to 27. Uh, this is a guy that they actually could have taken at 12. It would have been a little bit of a letdown, but... In picking up uh, um, some nice future picks uh, from the Ravens, they're going to take Jeremiah Owusu-Kormoa. Now, the Eagles need help in so many places, so you might as well take a Swiss Army Knife defender, a guy that can play safety, play linebacker, he can rush the quarterback sometimes, he can play in the nickel, uh, he can cover tight ends, running backs. He's going to help them in so many ways that they're not even going to realize it uh, at first. You're going to say, like, wow, this guy really does do everything. So no one's going to fix Philly in one year, not with that 12th pick. So let's move down. Let's get some picks. Let's get some guys that you're going to want here long term. And uh, JOK, the guy they call Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa, um, I, th- I really like him at 27. He's also the best player on the board at this point. He's, he's the 18th best prospect. Getting him at 27, really nice deal. All right, New Orleans at 28. Uh, they were smoked out of the playoffs. They lose Drew Brees. They have a lot of money invested at their at backup quarterbacks. They have a high-paid running back, high-paid tight end, good offensive line. I feel like we don't really need to touch their deep, their offense right now. As much as I don't like their quarterbacks, and I think they have like one of the worst quarterback rooms, period, it's not going to change right now. And they're not going to make a move from 28 to go make it happen. What they do need to do is they need to assume that their their offense will take care of itself. But they need to keep on going on defense because they need help at cornerback. And that's before Marshawn Lattimore's contract is up. Uh, he's going into one last year. And I don't think they want him long term. So they might move him. And if they move him, they are now having a huge hole at, at corner. And this is a division that Matt Ryan just picked up Kyle Pitts, and that you know they're going to be passing the ball over the place. Carolina just got Sam Darnold, and uh, they plan on you know Matt Rule has a good offensive scheme, and of course Tampa Bay, they're not going anywhere, and they just routed you guys in the playoffs. So it's time to time to make a move. Eric Stokes from Georgia, he has everything you could want in what's making of a number one corner. Uh, I think it's not all there just yet. He still has to put together his play playmaking abilities, like his turnover making abilities. But if you're looking for a guy that has all the right makings of a number one corner, I, I like I like Eric Stokes, and you could possibly you know you'll be able to move Marshawn Lattimore and maybe get a younger corner who's not as good as him, and you know 
who knows, maybe you call up the Browns and say, hey, here's Marshawn Lattimore, give us Greedy Williams and a fifth-round pick. And I think the Browns do that. So uh, I think there's a way you can find to get younger corners there. All right, Carolina, they moved down twice, right? They moved down to 23, then they moved down to 29. I think it's finally time to draft Liam Eichenberg, uh, a tackle out of Notre Dame. Uh, They got Sam Darnold. Now they get a tackle that, you know, they're going to be really happy with him. He's going to be day one. He's going to be a pro's pro, and you're going to forget that he's a rookie right away. Um, I know that uh, Carolina likes him, and I know that, they need help at offensive tackle. They just spent a whole year of drafting um, defense, and they spent a lot. On, you know, they have Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. Uh, they have DJ Moore at wide receiver. They spent a lot on Christian McCaffrey at running back. There's really not a tight end worth taking here. So take an offensive tackle that can swing around, play different spots. Uh, I'm happy with this for Carolina. They moved down a couple times. They still got a quarterback. They added draft picks, and now they got a tackle. Uh, This is a good day for Carolina. All right, uh, three picks left in the first round. Buffalo Bills. Uh, Here, I think the Bills have a really good chance. They can go quitty pay and really get after the quarterback. But I think they know they still have a pretty good pass rush, and they've got a good front. They need another cornerback. So how about Aaron Robinson out of UCF? Uh, I know Buffalo kind of has like they're they're okay on Levi Wallace and whoever they have competing for, um, you know they're uh, in the cornerback room across from uh, Tredarius White, but Aaron Robinson gives them a lot of flexibility that he could play inside and outside. So whoever wins that job outside or if someone pops up on the inside that works, Robinson can play all over the place. I think he's going to be the type of hard nosed cornerback that they like. And they need help covering because right now they're on a level below Kansas City. And if they want to compete with them, they got to be able to cover their guys. Um, Because I really like the way the offense is working. I don't think you need to tinker that much with the offense. But Aaron Robinson, they can use that. Uh, On the opposite side of things, Kansas City Chiefs at 31. They really need help on their O-line. They decided that they were going to cut Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, both their starting tackles. Uh, They did bring in Joe Tooney uh, from New England, but he's an interior guy. They still need help at tackle. Uh, Dylan Radunes, I think is the way you pronounce it, uh, from North Dakota State. He's a tackle. Uh, I bet Andy, he seems like the type of guy that Andy Reid loves. You know, he's a big North Dakota State guy. Uh, I. They weren't afraid to draft Eric Fisher from Central Michigan first overall. So I don't think they're going to be afraid to take um, a North Dakota State offensive tackle in the first round. Especially considering it's the one glaring hole on this team is that they need to protect Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, they weren't able to do it in the Super Bowl. They got routed. Then they cut both their tackles. Okay, so not much dance around here. Take Dylan Radunes. All right, and number 32, the Cleveland Browns, the last pick of the first round. Uh, <clears throat> you know, this, the Cleveland's going to erupt. I should be there for the draft. I should go, but uh, I, I don't know. It's taking off two days to go to uh, the draft where the Browns might not even have a pick because trading down seems right. Uh, it doesn't feel right to do that. So um, the 32nd pick, I have the Browns taking Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss. Wow. Uh, didn't see that coming, right? No, probably not. Um, look, the Browns need help at uh, 
safety, right? Coming into the offseason, they needed help at slot corner, outside corner, safety, D-end, D-tackle depth. So they should go defense, right? Wrong. The Cleveland Browns are set up right now in that they have some cap room, but they're going to have some choices to make in the near future. Odell Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry are not part of this team long term. They are really good wide receivers, and they are over 30 now. They have been a huge part of the change in Cleveland from taking them from, you know, Jarvis Landry took this team that was 0-16, made them contenders, and in his third year, they won a playoff game. Odell Beckham, we still haven't even scratched the surface of what he could be in Cleveland. So I really don't want to give up on him yet, and they're not going to. They fully plan on him being wide receiver one next year. However... The one thing that this team needs is a field spreader because Odell, you know, when he was on the field, him and Baker didn't really have that field separation thing. And you don't want Odell to be basically your only field separator because that guy is going to be asked to be basically a decoy a lot. And I don't really think you want to ask that of Odell. I think it's just not going to be a good idea. So they need a guy, a younger guy on a five-year deal, hopefully, that can be Odell Beckham and Elijah Moore reminds me so much of Stefan Diggs. It's incredible. The footwork, the fluid routes, uh, great hands. He's got pretty good size. His size isn't bad, but he flies and he catches everything. And he is a huge playmaker from the SEC. I think this is a home run pick for the Browns, who now give themselves a chance to move off of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham after this next year. So after the Browns win the Super Bowl this year, they move off of Landry and Odell. It frees up $30 million in cap room. And then this way, you rip off that Band-Aid without there being a huge wound underneath. Uh, Elijah Moore is in. You probably bring back Rashard Higgins on a nicer team-friendly contract because the guy wants to be here. It's obvious. And he'll finally have a chance to not be hidden behind Odell and Jarvis Landry. So Higgins will finally be a number two. Elijah Moore will easily step in as the number one. And then they have guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Kadeo Hodge, and they might draft another wide receiver later to really step in so that when they move off of the two LSU wide receivers, it won't be that big of a deal. But for now, they'll have Odell. Um, Elijah Moore is a little bit of some insur insurance policy in, in case Odell's not uh, fully back from his injury next season. Um, even if he is, you need guys that feel, stretch the field. So now the Browns run deep. Odell, Elijah Moore, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Donovan's Peoples-Jones, and they still have possibly another draft pick because I'm not set with Kaderil Hodge. But that's six wide receivers right there. And now you have field stretcher. It's going to make life easier on Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, you know, and, and uh, Kareem Hunt and the offensive line. Um, it's going to open things up for the tight ends more because right now it's a very crowded first 15 yards. You want a guy that's going to go deep uh, and make plays deep because Baker Mayfield was the number one, um, at, the most accurate quarterback in 2021 on the long ball. So we got to give him long ball receivers because he hits them regularly and consistently. So time to go do that. Elijah Moore does it. I think this is one of my favorite picks of the draft. All right, moving on to round two. Now we're going to do a little speed round. I'm not going to dive into every pick so deeply, but uh, Jaguars, number 33. They're going to take Sam Cosme from Texas. 
Uh, the one thing I want to keep doing with Trevor Lawrence, you got him a wide receiver. Now get him an offensive tackle. Even if you have all of your offensive line from last year, you can never draft too many linemen when you have a franchise quarterback. All right, the Jets. Hey, the Jets. They moved. They they moved Sam Darnold, and what did they do? They got to move up twice in the draft and uh, cost him a five. This is where they get to move up. Uh, well, no, they actually already had the thirty fourth pick. My bad. Uh, anyway, they draft Quiddy Pay. This is a great pick for them. Um, he he might be the best edge rusher in the class. You get your wide receiver. You get uh, your quarterback, and now you get your uh, a, a franchise defensive end. Huge home run draft for the Jets. Probably the best draft class um, when it's all said and done. Uh, especially since it was right in front of Atlanta. They take Jason Owe, uh, edge out of Penn State. They need an edge. Uh, Pay would have been a great pick here, but he goes one too early. And Atlanta, they're okay taking Jason Owe. Um, Miami at 36, however. Next up. Um, I, like, I think Miami has uh, added enough guys on offense for now. Uh, time to go get someone that I really think will be uh, like a Brian Flores like crush, right? He went out, he got his tackle, he got uh, and his wide receiver for his quarterback. Now get him a defensive player who's going to help him do it all. And I think uh, Zaven Collins is that guy uh, he, out of Tulsa. He's big, he's fast. He's strong. He looks like a defensive end, but he plays middle linebacker. When he gets his hand on the ball, he's a threat to score. Um, I think he's a Brian Flores huge draft crush, and he'll love being like, look, you take those guys in the first round, but make sure I get Zayvon Collins. All right, at 37, the Philadelphia Eagles, they take Trevin Morg. They just need guys that are going to be on the field. And Morg, he can play deep, play in the box. Him and JOK, uh, Two nice guys to have in your back seven on every play. Uh, this is going to help the Eagles in the long run. They have a long rebuild ahead of them, but this is a good start. Cincinnati at 38. Wyatt Davis. Again, uh, you can't have enough protection for Joe Burrow, especially after last year. So Wyatt Davis gives them that interior offensive line. Um, you put him next to Panay Swell. And wow, you are really protecting Joe Burrow. You are giving him the protection he needs. And you are, I mean, Zach Taylor needs this big time. All right, 39, Carolina. Um, this is where we're, t we're taking Pat uh, Fryermuth from Penn State, tight end. Uh, on offense, you got Liam Eichenberg and Sam Darnold. Here, good time to take a tight end. I think this is decent value. He's the clear number two tight end in this class. Uh, you know, there's no way anyone's touching Kyle Pitts. But uh, this is nice, though. You know, he uh, they never really replaced Greg Olson. Um, you know, him and uh, him and Sam Darnold come into the team together. They can kind of uh, develop that rapport of being the two new guys. And uh, just, you know, you're filling another need with a player that could possibly be a really good playmaker for them. Uh, I like Fryermuth at 39 to the Panthers. Uh, Denver Broncos, again, uh, they missed out on the quarterback sweepstakes. So here, you know, to go with Farley, they're going to take Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. The guy is a literal bullet uh, when he plays linebacker. Uh, he hits with a purpose and I really like him for Denver. I think they're they're in need of kind of like a tone setter. Uh, don't really. I know you're playing in a passing league and a quarterback league. Where do you take these linebackers? These like thumpers. But 
this is one of the few needs Denver has right now. They don't take a wide receiver here uh, because I don't think that really makes sense for them. Uh, they just missed out on Friermuth, but I don't really think they needed uh, to go. Um, excuse me. I don't think they needed to go tight end that badly. So here I think um, Nick Bolton is a really good selection for them. Um, all right. So next up is Detroit. You've got, they moved down. They picked Micah Parsons. Now on day two, it's time to get another guy. They need a lot of help on the uh, D-line, especially in the interior. So I'm going with Levi Onwuzuriki from Washington. Uh, that's the last time I'm going to try saying his name. Just because you need, um, they're going to need a lot of, they're going to need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball. And I think this is another Dan Campbell pick. He sets the tone. And I think this is going to be, you know, one of those just like, hey, he's here for the long haul type thing. Uh, with him and Micah Parsons, you're kind of establishing that identity up front. Okay, the Giants, speaking of establishing an identity, I, I just did it before with Cincinnati. I doubled up an offensive line. I'm going to do it again with the Giants. Uh, they, they paid Kenny Galladay. They have Sterling Shepard. They uh, have Evan Ingram, who I think is overrated, but whatever. Um, they, they just drafted uh, Rashawn Slater. So now is a good time to take an interior offensive lineman. Uh, if Slater plays guard, guess what? You now have another guard in Landon Dickerson, or you have a center in Landon Dickerson. Uh, I think he can play any of the three interior spots similar to Rashawn Slater. You have a very good problem on your hands now if you're the New York Giants because you add him, and this takes the pressure off of Will Hernandez having to play. Uh, this takes the pressure off of Andrew Thomas having to play left tackle because if you know Rashawn Slater and Landon Dickerson might be your left guard, left tackle of the future, and Andrew Thomas moves over to the right, if that helps, this just gives them a really good situation that they're going to be able to finally protect Daniel Jones, who has a fumbling problem. But if he's not getting hit, he's not going to fumble. So uh, I like this uh, for them a lot. It's not sexy, but again... You can get another receiver if they need another receiver in round three. There wasn't a tight end I liked here, um, especially over Evan Ingram. So I'm cool with Landon Dickerson. Uh, Niners, uh, okay, so they're picking 43rd after picking third overall, Justin Fields. They don't need a whole lot. They're a really complete team on defense. Uh, I think here, this is where you take Creed Humphrey. They have some older offensive linemen that uh, could be, you know, needing replaced pretty soon. Humphrey, again, just like Landon Dickerson, he can play any of the three spots on the interior line. Uh, this this will do well because, again, you invested a lot to go up and get Justin Fields. Now make sure you protect him. You're not going to have a first-round pick next year. Uh, you just paid your left tackle big, so you're not going to have a lot of opportunities to add offensive linemen to protect him. Humphrey... This is a really solid pick overall. He would have been a first-rounder last year. Uh, getting him at 43, nice, nice deal. All right, Dallas at 44. They're taking Christian Barmore out of Atlanta. Uh, 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 sorry, Atlanta, Alabama. Uh, again, I think he's one of the best defensive linemen in this class. So at 44, this is a really nice uh, value. And to double up on Alabama prospects, again, I think that's a pretty good deal. Uh and I think Jerry Jones will like it. So if the boss signs off, I'm good. And uh, again, they just attacked their two biggest needs, D-line and corner. Okay, number 45, Jacksonville Jaguars. Davian Nixon. Again, he's another defensive lineman I really like in this class. And they are 
they're in a good spot. They drafted Sam Cosme, Kadarius Tony to help out Trevor Lawrence. I think that's enough on offense for now. Add Davian Nixon. He'll immediately start a D tackle for you. Uh, he's giving that that defensive line just another penetrator and another guy that can disrupt things. And in a division where you're going to be chasing, um, you know, Tennessee Titans who run the ball really well. And the Indianapolis Colts, who have one of the best offensive lines in football, you need guys that are going to counteract that. And I think Davian Nixon is really a special athlete for D-tackle. Okay, so um, next up, New England Patriots. They drafted Mac Jones in round one. Now at 46, they're going to take Rondale Moore, a guy that you could easily justify as a first-round wide receiver out of Purdue. Uh, He is small, but he has a lot of ability. Big-time gadget player. Uh, I think uh, even with the free agency ads that Bill Belichick has made, uh, Rondale Moore is going to give us a lot of options and going to be a type of guy that, like, oh, you just got to follow him all over the field. And I think that's something you really like uh, in New England. All right, 47, Los Angeles Chargers. We've added to the offensive line, uh, but we could be having an overhaul on the D-line soon. We just paid Bosa. We can't pay Melvin Ingram. So let's replace them immediately with Ronnie Perkins, Oklahoma. Uh, we really like we really like uh, you know front seven guys out of Oklahoma. You know Kenneth Murray last year, Ronnie Perkins now he steps in right away six three two fifty. I like his size, his speed, like combo, and I think for the Chargers who have playmakers all over the place, it's going to make it easy for Ronnie Perkins who's going to get a lot of one on ones. I think he can win those. All right, forty eight. The Las Vegas Raiders. Again, I don't really know what the Raiders are doing. We added an offensive tackle, but their defense is such a mess right now. We need someone that is like a little bit stable. And I think Baron Browning out of Ohio State, I don't really know where to slot him right now, but I think that's a pretty fair spot for him. Uh, the Raiders, just they just invested high in cornerback. Uh, they invested high in safety and defensive end, so I think it's time to uh, add a, a linebacker into that mix. Uh, Baron Browning, I think he's a little bit overrated, but uh, at 48, I think that's a good spot to take him because you just need a guy that you can trust, and I think Browning is going to be that type of guy. Um, also, like people think he's like tapped out. I don't think so. I think there's still a lot of potential there. All right, uh, next up. Cardinals are drafted 49th. This is their last pick for a while because they gave up a lot um, to move up and get Najee Harris. So I think now is a good opportunity to trade down for 49 to 91. They pick up two fourth round picks from Cleveland, who moves up from 91 to 49. Um, they give up 132, 137, 91. That's a nice haul for Arizona, who they don't want to be done with their draft. They don't want to go and say, okay, you know what? We're already we were already out a first round pick next year, uh, last uh, excuse me next year. Um, we're uh, you know with the uh, the huge trade up to get Najee Harris and um, a fourth rounder picks next year as well. So next year they're already late on draft assets. They don't have another pick till the sixth round right now. This way, they draft in the third round instead, and they pick up two fours as well. This helps them out a lot. And the Browns, ooh, the Browns do a good thing. They move up for Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, For those that think Asante Samuel Jr. is only an inside cornerback, 
I point to Denzel Ward and I say they're the same size. Asante Samuel is a better and more willing tackler. He can play outside. He can play inside. You can line him up at safety. Samuel Jr. is going to be perfect for what the Browns need. He'll immediately uh, fight with Greedy Williams for outside. They need someone who they can trust. I think Asante Samuel is very dependable. He is a playmaker. He is a huge, he's a really nice tackler for someone of his side. Um, I really love this move for the Browns. They don't need a ton of rookies, right? The Browns, in trading down to 32, they picked up a couple extra picks. And I really do feel like they're like, look, what are we going to do with 11 picks? We have a very solid roster as is. What are we going to do with 11 rookies? Um, so they're going to package a couple of those. They took four, two fourth rounders. They already have, they have three. So taking two of them and a third and moving all the way up into a second. And they still have two second round picks coming. So I really like this move for the Browns, uh, who now all of a sudden, they just filled a huge need at, uh, at wide receiver to you know help them for the future. But they now combine with Josh Johnson their, or John Johnson, their big free agent uh, acquisition, Troy Hill, a really great slot corner, both from the Rams. Now they add Asante Samuel, and they just made their uh, cornerback room or their defensive backs, which was one of the worst rooms, now their biggest strength. Uh, add in Grant Delpit, who didn't play last year, Greedy Williams, who didn't play last year, Denzel Ward, who was often hurt, uh, Ronnie Harrison, who was new last year. This is a great DB room. There's like seven, eight guys that you want on the field at all times. It's awesome. All right, uh, 14 picks left. Minnesota Vikings, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. They need a lot of help, uh, but this is a really nice value, and they need offensive line. Uh, Mayfield can play either left or right tackle, uh, and at 50, he, he, he could have been a first-round pick, so this is a really good pick for them. Uh, it goes to show that moving up in the draft was really well worth it because, um, Again, they, they made the original move to go from 14 to 18, got them to go up from 78 to 50. So big-time move for the Vikings. Washington, Washington, uh, they moved up for Trey Lance. They don't have a first-round pick next year, so make make this pick worth it. They could use some offensive line help. Alex Leatherwood, really nice prospect, really nice offensive tackle. Again, another guy that could play left or right tackle. He was able to do it with Alabama. He was the left tackle that forced Jedrick Wills to play right tackle. That's how good he was at Alabama. Uh, Jedrick Wills was the number 10 overall pick, but he couldn't even crack over as the left tackle. Um, Leatherwood, uh, he just gives Washington another O-lineman. If they're going to be committed to Trey Lance, uh, they're giving him weapons and they're giving him protection. I like this. Chicago Bears, they punted in the first round. They said, we're not going to be able to get the quarterback that we want. But when we do get that quarterback, we're going to give him a wide receiver. Amari Rodgers reminds me a lot of Jarvis Landry. He's a do-it-all. He's, you know, makes some really nice moves. He kind of reminds you of a running back playing sometimes. Good hands, good routes. Uh, not going to be specifically a burner, but it doesn't mean he doesn't have speed. Uh, he's going to be the type of guy that's making catches all over the field. Uh, if Allen Robinson is getting that extra coverage, Amari Rodgers is going to make life really easy doing one-on-ones. Uh, but wide receiver, I actually like more than Amari Rodgers, but I like better for this team, Tennessee Titans with Deami Brown of North Carolina. I think this is a really nice replacement for Corey Davis. Uh, I know you pair him with A.J. Brown. You have the Browns at wide receiver. Uh, he is a deep ball threat. He is a tough 
physical playmaker, and that just feels like what Mike Vrabel wants out of his wide receivers. He now has A.J. Brown, Deami Brown, guys that are going to willingly block on a team that's going to be running the ball a lot, but be able to make plays downfield when called upon. Uh, you got, you know, I don't know how long this offense is going to live under this whole Ryan Tannehill, you know, 33 years old. Derrick Henry, he's already on to his second contract. You got to make it work while you can because uh, the clock is ticking on the Titans, uh, you know, contending window. Diami Brown, he'll help that. All right, 54, Denver Broncos. They added two pieces on defense that are going to help Vic Fangio. I think now is the proper time. This is their extra pick that they, they got for dropping down. Uh, this is a, I think, I think a good time to take Kyle Trask. Uh, I really like Kyle Trask. I think he doesn't get, he gets shit on a lot. Um, but I think he's going to help them in the long run. Um, or long run. I mean, I think he's actually better than Drew Locke right now, Kyle Trask and getting him at 54, you know, is I think a lot better value than taking Mac Jones at 9 or 12, whatever they would have taken him at. Getting Kyle Trask, he is, I mean, he was just one of the, you know, he just had an insane year in the SEC. He was leading in Heisman votes for a good, for, you know, a while there and was putting on a, a year similar to what Joe Burrow just did. So I think Trask, really nice quarterback. Maybe he's a career backup, but I feel like that's Drew Locke right now, and Drew Locke isn't getting you what you need, so might as well take a shot with Kyle Trask, and in the second round, after you already got Caleb Farley, Nick Bolton, this is nice timing, and I think he can compete with Drew Locke, he'll take over, and he is the type of guy that he can hit the the you know receivers at all three levels, they're going to have weapons for him already, this might be a nice diamond in the rough pick, um, I really like Kyle Trask. To Denver here. Okay. Uh, next up, Pittsburgh Steelers. They really need a corner. We're going to go Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky. This just feels like, you know, best player available at the best position they that they need. Uh, by bringing back Juju, they lost a couple cornerbacks this offseason. Um, you know, Mike Hilton's gone. They brought back Cam Sutton, but they all had, had to get rid of Steven Nelson. So Kelvin Joseph helps them with that a little bit. Seattle Seahawks, first time talking about them today. Um, they could use an edge rusher. I like Joseph Asai here. I think the value is off the charts because he could have been a first-round pick and uh, just feels like the type of pass rusher that they want in Seattle. But they could use a lot of help, uh, especially with Russell Wilson. But they just signed Tyler Lockett long-term. They have DK Metcalf on a rookie contract. I don't really like... Uh, any of the old linemen at this point. So Osai at D end, that makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, the Rams at 57, again, another team talking about them for the first time. Uh, I think, what about Brevin Jordan, Miami tight end? He was getting a lot of love in the preseason, didn't really have the year that uh, you would need to become a first-round pick. But uh, if Sean McVay wants to get this Matthew Stafford, like, you know, couple years and get a Super Bowl out of it, they're going to need to take some chances on some playmakers. And I think Brevin Jordan is the tight end that he could use. Uh, they're losing Gerald Everett. They need a new tight end there uh, because, you know, Tyler Higby, he's just okay. But Brevin Jordan is an athlete that can really, I think they're going to really like, you know, using as a gadget type tight end. 
58, the Philadelphia Eagles, they missed out on the receivers and Kyle Pitts at 12. So they moved down. They got Joko. They got uh, Trevon Morig, two, two players I really like. So at 58, they're getting a wide receiver that could possibly be a number one guy. Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC, highly recruited, big-time wide receiver for them. I think he's going to be huge uh, because he is a deep play guy. He runs really nice routes. I think this is the right range to be taking a wide receiver, especially if you're Philly, who you need so many things. You first answer with two defensive players. Now I'm on Ross St. Brown. You give Jalen Hurts something to throw to. Um, you combine that with Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham and uh, Dallas Goddard and you know what? And Miles Sanders. And you, you are putting together nice pieces. You still need a lot of work, but I'm on Ross St. Brown. Nice pickup here. All right, 59, the Cleveland Browns. They got two picks in five. Um, Greg Rousseau is still on the board. He had a really horrible pro day. His numbers were bad. And usually analytics would point against that. But that's just his measurements or, or his testing from one day. This guy hasn't played football in a year. The Cleveland Browns are, are going to take Greg Russo, but they're not going to draft him thinking he needs to be their every down DN to cross from Miles Garrett. He's going to split time with Tack McKinley. Um, he's gonna hold. He's gonna have to work to hold off Porter Gustin for reps, and I still think the Browns are, are could bring in Carlos Dunlap or Jadavion Clowney to be their starting DN to cross from Miles Garrett. So there's no pressure on Greg Russo to perform right away. He's the third Brown of this draft, so it's not like Browns fans will be expecting him to come to do much right away. But he does have the tools and the abilities and the size, strength, speed. To, and and career. I mean, in only his his only year, you know, he was redshirted his freshman year. Then his redshirt freshman year, he was awesome, dominant. And then he sat out last year prepping for the draft. So he has one great year. Is he a one-hit wonder? Possibly. That's what everyone's thinking right now. But at 59, boy, I just think this is just a great value for the Browns. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this draft pick. They already got their corner and their wide receiver. This gives them some edge depth. And uh, if Russo is anything like what he could, you know, what he could be, the Browns have bookend defensive ends of Greg Russo and Miles Garrett, and that'd be huge. All right, New Orleans Saints. They could use a playmaker after losing um, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they they get Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. He's a little bit older. But I don't think the Saints really care about age when it comes to receivers. They know he can fly. He can do a lot of the gadgety type things that they'll want um, that they won't ask Michael Thomas to do. So Eskridge, I think, is a really nice piece. They already helped on uh, cornerback uh, in the first round. So now it's time to go wide receiver. Buffalo, uh, again, another team that they took cornerback in round one. Uh, they're going to go Javante Williams, North Carolina. Clearly the best player available right now. I think he's like the 30th uh, on the board. And uh, this is pick 61. So Buffalo, who already has Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. That's a pretty good combo. Javante Williams, uh, he makes them, you know, puts them in a position where they don't have to pay any running back anytime soon. He might be the best of this bunch as well. And uh, just gives them a lot of fresh legs that... If they want to keep on playing with this like play action stuff of you having fresh running back every set of downs and throughout the season, you know, they can set themselves up to similar to what Cleveland does is that they just pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, play action, 
Josh Allen's a great play action quarterback. He still hasn't like put together the numbers to suggest that, but his abilities and his tool set is really good for the play action. I think Javante Williams is going to you know, kind of help them shape the offense that they want to be. They have flyers at wide receiver. They have great route runners. Uh, they replaced John Brown, but with Emmanuel Sanders. So I think Javante Williams really helps them with the play action game a lot here. Not to mention, he's a good running back, and uh, they could use an upgrade there. All right, 62, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, after adding Terrace Marshall, they still have their second-round pick. Time to go get Elijah Molden, uh, Washington. Another one of those higher-ranked players that are still available. Uh, this is a really good cornerback class, and I think Molden will help in the slot. Um, you know, with uh, with the, they brought back Kevin King. They still think he could probably play on the outside. They got Jair Alexander, who's, I think, the best cornerback in the NFL. So Molden helps them in the slot, and they're going to need a slot, and they're going to need a nickel and a dime cornerback because, uh, you know, they were they, they lost to Tampa because they couldn't cover. And Elijah Molden, he's going to be part of the reason that they don't have to do that. But this does mean they really need to go get an offensive lineman in free agency. There's still a couple out there. Go get Mitchell Schwartz. Bring him in at right tackle so you don't have this glaring hole after the round two. All right, last two picks. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know what? Right now, they get ran over by... Uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. They couldn't cover Gronk. Uh, they couldn't stop the running game. So for a team that is, you know, they just gra- they grabbed an offensive tackle. I think they'll be fine on offense. Um, they could double up on tackle, but I-, I think starting two rookie tackles is not what they're going for anyway. How about Jameen Davis? I-, I-, I like to say Jamin Davis, but Jameen Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky, uh, I think he is going to be the you know the the freak athlete that they want at linebacker that they saw uh, you know Levante David was with um, with Tampa in the Super Bowl. They're like, look, you need to have a linebacker that can fly all over the field and just be that guy. Uh, I know the Browns and the Chiefs and a lot of good teams devalue linebacker, but as you can do that all day, but if you keep on devaluing linebacker and someone exposes you. What does that do? What does that do for you? You know, they were exposed in the Super Bowl. On offense, they couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes. On defense, they got routed because they they basically had backup linebackers. Jameen Davis, I think, helps that. All right, and the final pick, Cleveland Browns, again, they got the 64th pick because Tampa Bay traded it to move up uh, into round one and take Jalen Phillips. The Browns... Adding to their D-line, they go with Milton Williams, in, uh, interior D-lineman from Louisiana Tech. Uh, really like Milton Williams. He's a little undersized. He's a smaller defensive tackle. But the Browns are kind of set at D-tackle right now with Sheldon Richardson, with Malik Jackson, uh, with Andrew Billings, big-time run stuffer, and Jordan Elliott, last year's rookie. Uh, now Milton Williams becomes the fifth D-tackle. He gives this defensive line... They're five deep at both D-tackle and D-end. That really makes me happy as a Browns fan. Um, so I think this could be, and and that's, I mean, I say five deep. I'm assuming they're going to bring in a defensive end, like a starter, and then Tack McKinley, Greg Rousseau, and Porter Gustin will be the backups. But I really like this situation for the Browns. Milton Williams, he is great with his hands. He is a like pass-rushing defensive tackle. He is skyrocketing up the draft. But the Browns, with their fourth pick and their third in the second round, 
because they moved up so many times. Um, they get Milton Williams. I really like this for them. I, I think this helps them. And long term, him and Greg Russo could be starters. Uh, the, the, with those two on the D line, Asante Samuel at corner and Elijah Moore at wide receiver, that's, that makes me pumped. So, all right, that's it. That's the draft. It's almost two hours of draft talk. Uh, had a lot of fun, but I'm about to miss dinner. Uh, time to go. Uh, come back next week, and I'll, I'll give you guys more breakdowns as we head into the NFL draft. Peace.